Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes and welcome everyone back. We've been off for a couple of weeks and for a good reason. Uh, Catherine Ransom, our host each and every week, and proud to be her co-host and the author of the book, Ransom Notes, uh, is just back from vacation, and uh, it, it sounds like an absolutely terrific one, and we welcome back everyone uh, who's been listening, and we certainly welcome, welcome back our host, Catherine Ransom. Catherine, how are you? I'm just fine, thank you. I'm uh, getting sort of rested after having a, a lovely trip, and and not too long ago had a, a birthday, and so you have to sort of get your battery recharged. I found myself sleeping uh, too many hours a couple of days as we got home, but uh, I think we're back uh, running on full battery, anxious to talk today and to share. So how's your life going, Frank? My life is uh, is is doing well, and and um, always uh, in, enjoy it. But you know, you said something interesting to me off mic. I said, uh, it, you know, how was the vacation? You know, and I, I had been, you know, I've been reading, and it sounds like it's exciting. It sounds like it's, uh, it, you know, it was fascinating. But you did say it's always nice to get home after vacation, and that is true. I think that's true of, of so many people. No matter where you go, how exotic, how beautiful, how scenic. It's, uh, it's there's no place I think uh, I think Dorothy said it best. There's no place like home, and uh, and I, it's you you hit the nail on the head. Well, and and I hadn't really even been thinking a bit about it, but it's nice to be home to your home church. It's nice to be home to your home friends, to that bed that you're comfortable in, and the the environment where everything isn't an unknown and you're sort of off step sort of wondering now is this restaurant going to be okay or what are we really doing today it's just that tad bit of uncertainty part of that is what makes it exciting to have a vacation but after too much of it it's sort of nice to come home and slip into your comfy slippers sink into your easy chair watch your favorite tv program and chat with your common ordinary friends that have been yours for years and years. And in a way, that's, I guess, what Christians look forward to, too, is that right now, in a sense, we're on a vacation, on a travel trip into the world. And then one day we hope that we will be back at home with the Lord and all of his friends, and we can become comfortable and enjoy life even to a greater degree without Satan sort of poking his head into everything that we do. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And, you know, you mentioned being back to your home church. Uh, did you visit uh, churches on the road? No, we were, we were actually gone one Sunday. Uh, and... Uh, and no, we did not. I have to admit that we did not. When you're traveling with a group, you have to sort of go where the group goes. Yes, and, sure. and it makes it very uncomfortable to do that. But uh, we got back on a Friday and I was back in church on Sunday. So I didn't miss much. No, that's wonderful. And listen, sometimes when you when you step away from something, whether it's a, you know radio show or writing, or playing guitar or playing uh, uh, a character in a uh, in, in a in a TV show or whatever, 
uh, sometimes you come back with a different perspective. And again, there's no place like home. That's right. Uh, Just before we sort of talk about my trip, I I just want to share one birthday card that I got just before I left on our trip. Happy birthday. Well, you know, it was 86, so people are sort of thinking that maybe you're getting a little rusty and gray. (laughs) But I had this one that was really, really cute. There was a picture of Jesus on the card with a group of children around him, and it said, Jesus loves the little children. And we've all heard that phrase over and over. And and there's a song that we sang when I was a little kid in our church. But you turn it to the second page. But don't worry. I'm pretty sure he also has super old people friends so that he also loves them. And I thought, yeah, I'm glad that he still loves me. And you're not you're not a child, but you're not really old. But you know what? He still loves you. Yeah. And isn't that wonderful? What a wonderful card. Wonderful. I know. It was so, it, you know, it was the unexpected, and that's what makes cards great. And that's why it's good to have friends, friends who have a tad a bit of humor and yet care about you and all of those kind of things. Well, anyway, uh, you know that we went to the national parks in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. We went with a group of about 38 of us, and we saw five of God's great creations. We saw uh, Mesa Verde, Arches, Grand Canyon, Bryce, and Zion. Or I think they call it Zion, uh, if I'm trying to get the Indian pronunciation. And we also went to uh, the the, the big dam in uh, Page, Arizona, that feeds into the Grand Canyon. We saw all of this stonework and the... the, uh, creations that God did, and it helped you appreciate how huge a world ours is. We, You know, you get used to the flat plains of Illinois and the cornfields, and suddenly you're out here in these canyons that are gigantic with pillars of stone that keep changing each year as the water freezes, and it breaks away the stone. But it was also fun to be with Friends during that time, we made some new friends. The the other interesting part, I suppose, about being with 38 people, you don't always immediately sort of connect. And we had two or three on this trip that it took a lot of connecting to try to connect. Uh, They weren't quite as concerned about being on time. And so here are 36 people, you know, waiting to leave to go for dinner or to go on to the next location and they're not there, the guide has to go try and find them. Um, There were a couple, as you get 38 people together, that, you know, sort of, do you ever have people who sort of just once in a while irritate you just a little bit? Yeah, I think we all have that, right? I mean, there's, uh, we wouldn't be human if we didn't have that. And and, and I suspect that I irritate others uh, and maybe once in a while you even irritate somebody. I don't know. Yeah, I but... think I irritate some people. <laughs> you probably all I don't do. know about you, but I, I, I do for sure, I'm sure. We but so we had we had a couple of people on there that one you just assume not be sitting at the table with him because he knew everything about everything from what's the best wine to the best restaurant to uh. you know, whatever. And sometimes that gets a little bit old. But all in all, we made some good friends and had a great time, and our leader was good. And one of the highlights 
that uh, and my my housemate that shared shared the trip with me one of especially a highlight for her is while we were in Bryce Canyon we were privileged to see a baby condor and parents and the condor is really one of the one of the lord's creation that's disappearing just a bit that they were really afraid that perhaps there would be none left and so the environmentalist and the park service people intervened captured or brought into where they could sort of protect the the some of the few remaining ones when the when a lay, an egg was laid they carefully incubated it or did whatever you do to make uh, an egg hatch but they did it with human beings intervening and felt that they probably had a few more uh, birds ready to now go back to the wild and release them and they did and then they wait with bated breath are these parents going to mate are they going to have an egg a child and if they do will the birds survive and our guide as we were arriving at bryce said you may see the one baby bird that has survived and they're so thrilled about that because that would be the first one in some time that had made it as a new infant on its own naturally just with what happens in real life we start on our trip and this was a day when we had a lot of freedom and different everybody could go on whichever trail they wanted and we were of different ages and different abilities some people were on some walking sticks and need them just for to be upright not just for stability on a funny road and others of us took more common paths and so forth well we ended up at the spot where the uh, rangers had their telescopes set up and pointed up on the wall and as we arrived there they said if you'd like to see a condor baby it's up there on the wall and you may look through our telescope and we did indeed and then the ranger says you know this is the second baby that we've had and it was born in March so it was now about six months old roughly and that it's doing even better than bird number one which our guide had talked to us about it. and it was so much fun to go back and share with our guide that she could update her story now that there's you know there's bird two that's flying around but they were more thrilled about the fact that the second one was even stronger the first one and was flying higher and far more far out uh, still in the nest and uh, when we look through the telescope the bird and you think of a baby bird, you know, you think of it as about the size of a small orange. Yeah. Oh, no, not for a baby condor. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know what its wingspan actually is at that, but it must be, at, it was, must have been at least six feet wide, just guessing. Yeah. And we didn't have, we didn't have a gigantic telescope but you could see the tele the, you could see the condor sitting up there and then as we watch in the sky we could the, the those that were good at bird watching spotted some of the adult 
condors mixed in with some other birds and we had to sort of try and learn which one is which one's a condor and which one is not but it really was a thrill to know that people care enough about our environment to try and save some pieces that are sort of evaporating and dying out because of various things that happen to our world whether it's bugs or bees or water land uh, animals you know our world is sort of under pressure and so are the birds so it was fun and, and that was one of i suppose one of the highlights of our trip long story about a bird that probably most people could care less if they ever saw because it isn't as beautiful as a, a robin but it certainly is a magnificent magnificent piece of god's creation yeah well I, listen well said and i i think people do care I, we've been hearing about the california condor and i don't know if that's who who this was but california condor which is a, a vulture basically uh since the 70s and they thought they were going to be extinct in in the 1970s which you know let's face it that's you know it's 48 or whatever years ago or 50 years ago that um yeah 50 years ago that we were we were talking about the california condor when you tell this story what i think right away is is god is great right god is great and uh, not only did he create this uh, this wonderful, and I don't care how ugly it is, it's beautiful because it is uh, one of God's creations. Uh, and when you think of vulture, when we think of, um, of cartoon vultures, they're always the evil thing or whatever. But you know, they they serve a purpose, and they clean up um, they clean up the uh, the environment. You know, they if not for them, there'd be caucuses, uh, uh, you know, uh, all over the. Um, uh, you know, and not only them, but hawks and and uh, eagles and and different birds of prey have um, have similar roles in society and uh, in in environmental society. And uh, it's it's God at work is what you did, and the, and the fact that the people are are saving them and then showing them to you and to uh, the thirty seven other people. You know, you Marianne and the thirty six other people that are there and then here you are sharing with uh, with hundreds and thousands you know thousands of people the story about this and to me um I, it's just god is great is is what that story says it's there's a lot there you know i think one of the things that you're re-reminded on trips like this uh I, I think I told you we were in Bryce Zion, Grand Canyon Arches, and Mesa yep. Verde. Uh, it, it, you're re-reminded of the interrelatedness, the interdependence that each of us has on some other piece of, of the creation. You know, the ant does this for someone else that stirs up some of the dirt. A, a, a bee leaves the pollen or whatever. I, I'm not a naturalist, but the, right. the bee is the bee is ne is necessary for pollination of some of our flowers. We think, well, let's kill off those bees because they sting me and I don't want them. But then you may not have flowers to smell that you like. And I'm being a little simplistic in this, yeah. but uh, the the condor is essential to the balance of nature, and that's what we have to try and and that's what's so hard. For people today, we get carried away with wanting to shoot all the deer 
or not shooting enough of them, wanting to uh, use all of the water for whatever, for good reasons, for watering our food and making our plants grow. But then we suddenly starve the land of water and there's no water for anybody. The reservoirs in the area out there are beginning to dry up. It begins to be a little bit nervous because most of us really appreciate having water and need water. And I'm really, we all do. I'm being sort of silly. Yeah, no. So that, that's one of the, the, over and over during these 12 days, I think we were reminded of the interdependence of all of the elements in the world and how they are negatively and positively affecting kind of things. But I've got even a crazier story for us today, Frank. Yeah. This is, have you ever had anyone talk to you about lessons from a tube of toothpaste? Uh, no, but I, I can't wait to hear this. Well, I know, I know, I know. I get, I get really silly. It, a few months ago, shortly after we moved into our new place here, uh, my tube of toothpaste seemed to be getting really thin. And I kept saying sorry to myself, I really need to probably stop and buy another tube. But, I'll, you know, the the pace kept coming out and a week passed and each morning I night I still had a squish of toothpaste in and I keep thinking wow this toothpaste is just getting really tube is getting really thin and I finally went and bought a tube to have on hand when it ran out and two weeks passed and three and finally at the end of a month that tube of toothpaste ran out and I thought wow I was really surprised at how long that lasted. So then you know what my head had to do. I had to think, hmm, I think there ought to be some lessons we could learn yeah. from this tube of toothpaste. <laughs> and, and I know you're not surprised no. that I would say that. So I was looking at the tube of toothpaste carefully as if I were you know, needing to know all of the elements that are written around a toothpaste. And one of the things that said about this brand was that it is a never-ending source of help. Well, that had sort of been true. It just kept going on and going on. And then I thought of two wonderful Bible stories that in which never-ending source was appropriate. I don't know if you remember them. But one involved Elijah and one involved Elisha. And with your permission, I'll just sort of highlight the, the, those two stories because they, each time I read them, I think of my tube of toothpaste. There was this, Elijah was uh, living in a time of drought and he really needed water. But the brook had dried up, just like we're seeing, like we saw in the West to a great deal. We, we weren't able to take our, our folk trip down the, the, the river that had been planned because there wasn't enough water for it. It was drying up. And so here Elijah is, and he's thirsty, and the Lord tells, tells him to go to Zarephath, and he'll get some help. And when he get there, gets there, he's to stay with, and the Lord tells him, with a widow. Well, the Lord, you know, he puts things together. Elijah takes his little walk and goes to Zarephath, walks into the city. There's the well, and there is a woman getting water out of the well, and she is a widow. And she's, he says to her, is there any chance that I could have a drink of water 
And then while you're giving that drink of water to me, could you make me just a little uh, sandwich or, you know, just find a little something for me to eat? And the widow was almost apologetic, and I'm reading part of that into the scripture just a bit. And she said, well, uh, I'm gathering up sticks right now. I was going to go home, and I have just a wee bit of flour and a tiny bit of oil, and I was going to try and make enough food to keep my son and myself from starving tonight. And Elijah said, well, you go home. You got a little flour, you got a little oil, and I want you to make me a little piece of bread first. And then when you're done, and she did, he said, now make supper for your, for your son and yourself. And she did. And he said, you keep doing that and until the drought passes. And sure enough, the Lord supplied that widow. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, because I got a, a, a spam message. Uh, the, sure enough, the jar of flour and the piece of oil did not run out until the drought passed. Wow. Never ending source just like my tube of toothpaste. Well, you think, oh, that's just one sort of interesting story. But bless me if you don't go into Second Kings, and that story is found in First Kings, the 17th chapter, if somebody would like to look it up. You go into Second Kings, and there is Elijah's replacement, Elisha, and he runs into sort of a, a similar kind of experience. He uh, needs to have some food, he comes into a town, he meets a widow again, and I think we probably forget how difficult it would have been back in Bible times for a single woman, uh, a widow woman, to to make a living in those days when the husband has died and there she is left with because there weren't jobs for them and, you know, they were not probably as blessed as we are as women today and single women. But she... Uh, the, the widow said to him, I am really, really worried. He, she said, I can't pay my debts. The creditors are coming tomorrow, or coming right away, I don't know who said tomorrow, and they are going to take my two sons and turn them into slaves in order to pay my debts. She said, I am, as you would imagine a mother would be, and Elisha says, how in the world can I help? And she says, well, we've got to find some way for me to, to make some money. And he said, what do you have? And she says, well, I have a little bottle of oil. Elisha thought a second, and he said, okay, you and your son go find all of the bottles from your neighbors that you possibly can. Go borrow, go get, uh, and ask them all. So they scoured the neighborhood, and they came back, and they had bottles and bottles and bottles that were empty. Elijah says, now take those bottles and put them in the house, close the door, take the little bit of oil that you have, and start pouring it in all of these empty bottles. Now, it almost sounds like a magician, yeah. but it's not a magician. It's God at work. They start pouring, and that little bit of oil filled up all of these bottles that they had. And the widow said to her son, have you got another one? He said, no. So Elisha said, now... 
take those bottles of oil, go to the market and sell them. Take the money and pay your debt. And then with the oil that's left and the money that's, and then with the money that's left, you and your son can live on it until you get back on your feet, the drought is over, all of those kind of things. Once again, God stepped in there. They followed what he said, had enough money to pay the debt, and they had enough money to live on until better times approached. When we think about how God can intervene, so that was one lesson learned from my tube of toothpaste that, you know, it's never ending. Then I got three more little short ones. Next little line on my t- toothpaste. Whitening makes you white as snow. There was a whitening power, and that's one reason I bought that particular brand, because, you know, older people's teeth get a little yellow. And I thought about, yes, in Isaiah it says, your, though your sins are scarlet, there's an old song, now wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And we used to sing that song when I was a kid, and it's a great scripture in Isaiah. And I thought, yep, my toothpaste keeps my teeth whiter, less yellow. But the Lord is going to make me whiter than snow if I remain faithful. So that was lesson number two. Then it, the third lesson on here was, it said on the tube, that this pa- this toothpaste will actively repair your teeth. Now, I'm not going to say what kind of toothpaste it is because this is not an ad for toothpaste. No, I'm not I'm not trying to do that. We understand. But I thought actively repairs. You know, God, I keep making mistakes as a person, and most people make mistakes in their life, and they're not always as good to the Lord as they should be, and they don't. We don't always praise and. Occasionally, we forget to pray, and once in a while, we think evil. Th- I don't know, you know, all those kind of things. And But if we ask forgiveness, or if I brush my teeth faithfully with this toothpaste, it will help restore both my teeth, and the Lord will restore my soul. It, he actively repairs me if I ask for forgiveness. It's, you know, that's sort of a neat promise. Yeah. And then the fourth, the fourth and final message, and then I'll be done with this, that this was funny. It said, you must always follow the label directions exactly. Now, I have to admit, I probably wasn't as faithful with all those directions. <laughs> and that probably is true in our life, that if I... I know, it is sort of funny, isn't it? Yeah. You, you know what I'm going to say, that if we follow God's commands and what's what we're supposed to do, that then we will continue to move forward to that promised land. And just as another squirt of toothpaste came out of that tube, if I did all of these things and all of these thing, other things would happen, so it is with our Christian life. Now, that's my big sermon for the day. Wow. Uh, and just wow. Off of a tube of toothpaste. I mean, that is uh, that, that is just something else. I, a lot there. A lot there to, uh, to think about. And 
One of the um, one of the things that stands out to me is, is is the repairing, you know, the repairing of one's soul and the repairing of oneself. And hey, look, you know, we're we could be pretty hard on ourselves, and just like our teeth gonna be pretty hard on our teeth. I don't know that I trust the manufacturer of that toothpaste as much as I <laughs> trust the Lord, um, especially when they say you have to read the label and follow exactly. Somehow, yeah, I, I don't usually read the label to brush my teeth. I kind of kind of figured it out a while ago and, and uh, whatever. But it, it is not a bad idea to, to, to reread and really follow the instructions that the Lord has given out. Again, I've heard people say this a million times. Uh, they're the Ten Commandments. They're not the Ten Suggestions. You know, they're not the Ten, hey, think about these. You know, Ten Commandments. I mean, it's, uh, and, and they're pretty good, pretty good after all this time to live by. And, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, we may not have to read a tube of toothpaste to remember how to brush our teeth, but it's not a bad idea to go back to your scripture, to go back to your your Bibles, and to uh, to to follow up on what was being taught for thousands and thousands of years at this point. And um, you know what? Uh, a lot there, a lot there comes from you. And I've said it a million times. You could take the tiniest little acorn. And, and listen to Catherine Ransom, and, and within five minutes it could be an oak tree. And, boy, that is uh, that that is very impressive, Catherine. I have to say that is very, very impressive. And, and now you can go home tonight, Frank, and you can get your tube of toothpaste out, find out what it says, and then you can make up your own lessons. How's that for a challenge? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. You know what I thought you were going to say? And, and I, I, I've learned not to anticipate what you're going to say. It's fun to do it but i'm always always wrong you go into a different direction you know there's there's an old cliche and and you you went you went right for the bible which was great but there's an old cliche about toothpaste that you can't get the toothpaste back into the tube once you squeeze it out so oh yeah yeah so i mean that's like telling us hey watch what you do right watch what you say you know you might get angry and you might lose your temper and say something to someone you love or somebody you don't love and uh and and you you know maybe that that know-it-all guy type uh you know type of guy where you might have said you know what just shut up just be quiet we don't care what the best wine is we'll find out for us you know once you say that you really can't take it back once you you could apologize you could do whatever and, uh, you know, again, that's kind of like the uh, the concept of the toothpaste. You know, you can't suck the toothpaste back into it. And, uh, yeah, but I, I love I love the renewal. I love the oh, I loved all uh, everything you said there, but the repairing and and going back to your uh, your scripture, your lessons, the lessons you've learned in church uh, by your your preacher, by your priest, by your rabbi, by your um, uh, pastor. Um, you know, all, all wonderful stuff. Uh, it's repairing. We can repair ourselves. And I don't know if that toothpaste can, but we can repair ourselves if you, if you go back to the Lord. Well, and you were talking about uh, you can't put the, t- uh, the toothpaste back in the tube. And I think the old illustration we used to use as kids was 
the, the story about someone was given a bag full of feathers, told them to let them out into the sky, and then their second job was to collect them. And it's almost impossible to collect all those feathers as they have flown away. And that's the same way with our words. And I'm not good about always remembering to be careful about what I say. I, I have a I have a temper and uh, I try to keep it under control. But I have to admit that feathers fly out of my mouth and then they're, I can't capture them again. And I probably hurt people along the way. And I know I'm not the only one that doesn't make it right but uh, at least I'm not the Lone Ranger. I have a couple of commands for seniors. Yeah. And, and, and I know you're, you're just nice middle-aged and you're not a senior yet, but I've got three of them here. And then you tell me if, you've, if, if any of these apply. Okay, yeah. this is commandment number one. The biggest lie you tell yourself is, I don't need to write it down. I'll remember. Yeah. Number two, then you can, you can respond to my, I've got three of them. That's so that's number one. Yeah. Number two, talk to yourself. You need expert advice. <laughs> and number three, growing older should have taken longer. Yeah. yeah. And I thought of that one this morning as I was having a retake on my mammogram and I need to go back for a, oh. uh, a biopsy. And I'm thinking, and you know, I've had a couple of knees and repaired recently in the last couple of years and I've had heart surgery and I'm thinking, I don't know. Growing older maybe should have taken less time and maybe I wouldn't have had to have heart surgery or uh, biopsy on a on a breast. But growing older, I've enjoyed life. So do you think that you relate most to the biggest lie you ever tell yourself is, I don't have to write it down, I'll remember, or do you always remember? Number two, do you talk to yourself just because you like expert advice? And number three, should growing older, shouldn't it have taken longer? Well, the, the first one, I should absolutely write things down. I <laughs> when, when I'm going to the store, my wife will say, oh, can you get this and get this? And I always say, please text me. And I say it respectfully, and I love her. And but please, please text me and be very, very specific, because I <laughs> I can't stand going into an aisle and saying, uh, sometimes I'll call her to make sure that I'm getting the right thing. You know, I'll be right in front of the product, and I'll say, Do you want this with that this attached to it, or do you want this with this attached? You know, that type of thing. But if I don't write things down, I will absolutely forget it. Uh, secondly, uh, the expert advice. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, I think self-talk is is very important. I think there was a book written a while ago, What Do You Say When You Talk to Yourself? And that's what I think of that. And I, I'm not sure that's where where you were going with it. But, uh, but you know, hey, to me, when you talk to yourself, uh, when you talk to yourself, uh, what you put in to that conversation, what you say to yourself... Uh, is is what sticks with you, you know? And I I always notice about you, and and to me you're like a as perfect as a, a person as you can get. You're really wonderful, and you you'll say o often that you know you got a bad temper, and so do I. And and you say things, but uh, I've never seen you lose your temper. I've never heard you lose your temper. But I I I'll take you at your word. But you know you're you to me are very hard on yourself. You'll say oh this is silly or this is whatever. I never think you're silly. Do you know that? I, every time you say 
you you got something silly. I, I'm I'm like, oh, look, let's hear this silly thing. And then it's something I I think brilliant. I mean, toothpaste, <laughs> you know, I, you know, and you'll say, oh, I got something silly. I I I didn't think there was anything silly about this toothpaste at all. I thought it was wisdom, and I think it's wisdom, it's folk wisdom, and it's uh, it's so much, and for people to to be entertained while they're listening to us and to learn something you know look if you don't put a little i don't know silly is the right word i mean you're you're you, you know you're you're plain speaking uh mark twain right mark twain was uh plain speaking so i i mean i think uh, i i think when i think of uh you know the the line about when you talk to yourself you you're getting expert advice I think more about, and I, I'm not sure this is where you're going, but I think more about self-talk. I'm, I'm very, I think we should all be careful about our soft self-talk because we're wonderful. The Lord doesn't make junk, and if you're uh, and if you're improving yourself and you care, you care about others and you're doing for others, uh, you're a pretty good piece of machinery, and and you know God is, uh, you know God is good and God uh, doesn't make junk, and if you're talking to yourself. Make sure you're saying nice things to yourself. That you're reminding uh, yourself how uh, how how good you are. Not to be egotistical, but uh, how to be good to yourself. Uh, and secondly, I think life goes very fast. I mean, I it, in a blink of an eye, uh, old age should have taken longer to get get here. And uh, to me, um, yeah, I agree with that. I relate with that. Um, it is a a blink of an eye. And I am 54 years old, and I know you have a you have a few years on me. You have uh, 30 something years on me. And again, happy birthday! I, um, and you know, I'm sure everyone out there wishes you uh, the greatest uh, birthday. But boy, I, it to me, it seems like it just flew by. I remember being five years old. I remember being four years old, and not like it was yesterday, but. Boy, it, it really did go fast, and I, I wish it would slow down, and, and it just doesn't it doesn't do that. Um, but that's my take on what you said. That's wonderful stuff. You know, when you think about it, I don't know if you ever in your part of the world, yeah, New York has had snow, and you used to make snowballs, and then you would start at the top of the hill, and uh, you'd let it roll down, and it turned into a much larger ball of snow. And the, the larger the ball got, or the... And nearer the bottom, the older it got, in a sense, it got larger and larger and faster and faster. And I think that's partially, as I look back on 86 years, it seems like that the last, uh, well, it seems, for example, we've been here in our new place six months, and it seems like it's been about a week. Life just seems to go so fast. But when you put it into the spectrum of how long the world has been in creation, uh, regardless of how how you think about creation, where you think it was a, it created literally in twenty four in seven twenty four hour days or over twenty four thousand centuries, it doesn't make any difference. It's still a long period of time since the, the, the Adam and Eve first appeared, and we're here. We are only a speck on the spectrum, and uh, but it just means that we need to make and do our part while we're here and be focused. And, and I think sometimes as we get older, I think we do have perhaps a few more challenges, or maybe they're just a different kind of challenge. I think the challenges I had when I was a young lady coming out of college was 
how how do I make a living? How do I uh, fend for myself? How do where do I fit into society? What am I going to do besides going to work and bringing home a paycheck? How, how am I going to fit into this whole whole thing? And now at this end of my life, it's more how do I manage to take care of the health needs that I have and and that to keep going and 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 not to be dependent upon totally upon somebody else. And and I read something as I was thinking about this, and it says, God promises safe landing, not a calm passage. And that's true. We have some troubled waters in our life as we grow, and perhaps we reflect on them more as we get older, maybe because we have more time to do it. But those troubled waters the promise is a safe landing. He didn't say he would for a Christian or for a follower of God, whatever it might be. He didn't say that we would never have dark days. His own son had to face the cross. Moses had to be a slave for a part of the time. Take any Bible character that you had, and they had ups and downs, and yet the promise land, the promise for each of us is so great. And it's so good to talk to you, Frank, today. And probably yours truly is going to write one of her ransom notes in the near future about the tube of toothpaste. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Always wonderful to talk to you. Welcome back. Happy birthday. And and wow, a tube of toothpaste turns into that. Um, just a- absolutely amazing. I- I've never seen anyone do it like you. And I've met, I've owned three nightclubs in my life and two restaurants. I've met thousands and thousands of people. I have never met anyone who could take that little acorn and turn it into an oak tree within minutes. And uh, you are you are wonderful. I want to thank you uh, for, uh, for sharing with us. And, and certainly we want to thank everyone for uh, for listening to us each and every week and we're back uh, we're a couple weeks off and next week uh, we'll see you we'll see you visually and you'll get to see my ugly face and Catherine's beautiful face and uh and once again and she is wonderful Catherine ransom the name of the book is ransom notes uh frank mckay signing off we'll see you all next time on ransom notes <laughs>